Thank you, Hank. I want to lift up Hank for a minute because this was scheduled to be Pride Sunday, and we are a church, and you hear a little bit more about this in the sermon, but will you, we are a church where we honor and recognize those who have gifts in ministry, and they are not in any way barred or prohibited or limited in ministry because of their sexual identity, their sexual orientation, or however they may identify. Can we get an amen? This is an open and affirming, in case you're new to us online, this is an open and affirming United Church of Christ. And sometimes we forget, especially with our growing audience online, to mention that and to tell you what it means. And it means that we honor the the worth and dignity of every single person. Everyone is welcome here. God loves you all. We are grateful to be in relationship with you. And if you have in any way, as Hank was, as he shared in his story, if you've been in any way told that you cannot be gay and Christian or trans and Christian or queer and Christian, you were told wrong. That is toxic theology. And we counter that here. And we let you know that this is a place where if you need to grow in your faith, if you want to grow in your relationship to God, your relationship to others, and you want to find a way to live your faith as well as fully in your own identity, we're here to help you do that. So, yes, I may have started the sermon a little early. All right? It's all the Holy Spirit working up in here. But our reading today is from the 10th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, and it always strikes me how the lectionary, which is planned you know, in three-year cycles way in advance, can be right on time. So I encourage you to read the entire 10th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew this afternoon as part of your spiritual discipline, because our text today is from 15 verses, the Gospel uh, 24 through 39, But I'm only going to read a a few sections of this because there's so much, and we're going to be focusing on a couple of themes today. But I do have, before I read this, I'm going to ask someone at home, I'm going to need someone at home to help me do my demonstrative exhibit for the sermon in a minute. And I don't know if you can uh, hone in on that, but I need those of you at home, especially if your kids are at home or they have whiteboards or they have tag board or even just a piece of paper can you all see what that says it says no fear n-o-f-e-a-r it says no hope k-n-o-w-h-o-p-e and if you don't take anything else away from all the words that i'm going to say and all the music that you hear today this is what i hope you put up on your refrigerator for today's message is no fear but no hope. And that really is the message. But I'm looking forward to seeing during the sermon what you all are able to show us online because more and more we're, we're um, expanding our online capability and some of you have been quite adept at posting your comments online and counting the number of times I say pandemic in a sermon and putting little pictures and chatting. And so it's, it's kind of fun to see what we can do to encourage our online gathering. But let me delve deeply into the 10th chapter of gospel, starting at verse 24, 24, where Jesus is teaching his disciples. The context for this is that Jesus is teaching his disciples. They are getting ready to go out and share his teachings with the world. 
and he is letting them know what to expect, and in particular, to expect opposition. And here is what he tells the disciples before they get ready to go teach. He says, A disciple is not above the teacher, nor a slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher, and the slave like the master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. And Jesus goes on and talks about sparrows and the hairs on your head, and are you not worth more than that? And then he says in verse 34, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And he goes on, but I want to make a point here that when he's talking about peace, he's talking about he's not here to just acquiesce to peace. He's here to make peace, and that's different, right? No justice, no peace. So let's not misinterpret that sentence. Let's not proof text it and take it out of context. We have to work for peace. We have to wage peace as much as we wage war. Waging peace comes with its own consequences. But he goes on in verse 38 and said, Whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. Here ends the reading. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. To prepare for the sermon today, let us pray. Take my lips, O Lord, and speak through them. Take our minds and think with them. Take our hearts and set them on fire. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. That is a famous prayer developed by theologian and preacher William Sloan Coffin, famous for his tenure at the Riverside Church in New York City. And um, he blessed a lot of us with his um, prophetic preaching for many, many years. But I I mentioned at the beginning of today's service that today was originally scheduled to be Pride Sunday here at St. John's. So we've decided to continue and honor that as well as talk about the intersectionality and the other aspects that have um, informed our celebration today and throughout the city, not just here, but throughout the city. Because Pride Sunday 2020 is unlike any Pride Sunday to date. Can I get an amen? The stone, in case you haven't been paying attention to this, because I know the news can get a little overwhelming and sometimes folks have had enough, but I want to give you enough of the news and today's sermon so that we can talk about how the ancient text applies and how we can make that relevant and move forward in our faith and our life and make wonderful decisions. So the Stonewall Pride 2020 parade has been rescheduled, at least for now, to October 3rd due to the pandemic. 
And actually, at this point, no one really knows if and even when we will be able to participate in this citywide event that typically draws something like half a million people to the city of Columbus. So how many of you, show us online and, and by a show of hands in the sanctuary, how many of you have celebrated Pride before, the Pride Parade? All right, pretty much everybody at some point. Um, last year, our church had St. John's Church Columbus, UCC. We had the largest number of participants participants we've ever had in a pride parade and in fact as far as we know st john's had the largest church group of any church in the city marching in pride 2019 again another amen for our church and for the great gathering of folks that we had this was a great picture that second slide shows um, everyone gathered we had two trucks we had trey pearson singing on one truck and we had the free mom hugs ladies uh, on another truck and uh, it, it was really a wonderful experience and i mention this because it's not something that we take for granted you know i i miss the little things about pride there were things how many of us have missed things right during the pandemic it's the little things i found that i missed during pride like who, who remembers this right i just miss riding the truck with my umbrella with all of you whether it's sunshine or rain and we get great pictures for the year and we get to celebrate and laugh right it's the little things it's the little things but i'm putting it away until it's time for it hopefully in october or whenever we decide that uh, it's safe to have the parade but i want to mention it i don't want to skip over the fact that june is pride month and um, a lot of things are happening right now because it's not something that we can take for granted this outreach ministry was a long time coming to a church like st john's and it is still an impossibility at many churches where the leaders continue to preach a toxic theology of hate and exclusion toward the lgbtqia plus and the bicpoc which you might not know what that is that's black indigenous people of color so make sure you know that term as well we're expanding our horizon st john's make sure you know the terms bipoc but there are churches that continue to preach a toxic theology of hate and exclusion towards marginalized groups we are not one of those churches we continue to learn and grow we admit where we need to learn and grow and we do it together but hank likes to say about those toxic churches i can't do it like hank does but he says you know ain't nobody got time for that hank you can do it for us ain't got nobody got time for that anymore I don't know if you can hear that at home online, but yes, that's a favorite saying of Hank's, and he's absolutely right. The reason I mention that is he's absolutely right. We don't have time for that anymore. Our call is to create a sanctuary and safe space for those who need to find their faith again, no matter their identity, and find a way forward. So today we encourage you, but only if you're able to do this safely in the midst of the pandemic, we encourage you to join the Stonewall, Kingfinity, LGBTQIA plus Unity March for Black Lives immediately after worship. How many of you have heard of this event that Stonewall and Kingfinity are doing? Pretty much everyone here in the sanctuary, let us know online if you've heard of this. Um, but um, Mary, we have a very deep social justice bench here today. And even for folks who've been sidelined, maybe they have high-risk families or whatever is going on, they've been sidelined by the pandemic and cannot participate in large gatherings safely. 
others can, so Mary and her family are going to the Unity March for Black Lives immediately after worship. Now, I also want to share with you, though, because sometimes folks feel like if they can't march, they get frustrated because they want to be out there showing their support for Black Lives Matters, for pride, for the intersectionality of all the issues that are coming to the forefront and the multi-ethnic, intergenerational expression of marches for justice all across this country in larger expressions than we've ever seen in history. And that's not an exaggeration. That's from the former UN ambassador, Andrew Young, saying he's never seen expressions for justice this large and this diverse in our country. But if you need to advocate from home instead, if you are safer at home, which many people are, please know that you can still advocate from home. Jesus told us, don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of your critics and your opposition. Do what you know is the right thing to do. So from home, right now, today, tomorrow, this week, you can advocate for the Ohio Fairness Act. Now raise your hand in the sanctuary or let us know online if you've heard of the Ohio Fairness Act. You might not know that Ohio lacks statewide anti-discrimination legislation. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't know that there, and this is why we decided we're going ahead with some of our uh, content for um, Pride Sunday, because there are plenty of people who don't know that you can still be fired in Ohio for being gay. Did you know that? Let us know online. Did you know that? There are places in Ohio where you can still be fired for being gay. You can lose your housing for coming out. We do not have statewide anti-discrimination legislation. And I mention this because yesterday, again, and I thought of a profound editorial, the Ohio Dispatch Editorial Board urged Ohio Republicans to finally support the statewide anti-discrimination legislation. They've been blocking it. And I thought that was fascinating. So I encourage you to read that editorial. Now, the fight from justice for justice is far from over, but thankfully this past week, despite a push by the Trump administration to allow certain types of discrimination against the LGBTQ community, did you hear about that? Did you hear about what the U.S. Supreme Court did? It affirmed that the 1964 Civil Rights Act no more allows discrimination against gay and transgender people for their demographics than it does against racial minorities or women. That's the language of the U.S. Supreme Court. Again, that just happened this week. There has been so much that's happened in our country in the last two weeks, three now. And the reason I mention this is because we are at a tipping point. We are at a tipping point in our country and in our faith a faith tradition that continues to be that continues to encourage us to be courageous and to not be afraid. I can't tell you how many sermons because it keeps coming up in the lectionary. I can't tell you how many sermons we've had to do to address the concept of fear, the concept of courage. You might know already from previous expressions of um, of scripture passages that the phrase do not be afraid or be not be afraid is the most used passage in scripture. And there's a reason for that. You actually could do a scripture study and every single day, there's like 366 of these phrases, you could have a phrase for every single day of the year to be encouraged not to be afraid. Because Jesus knew 
that fear, especially of what others think about us or what others might do to stop us, that that fear can stop us in our tracks instead of embolden us to keep going. We have reached a tipping point in our country and in our faith. So a key takeaway from today's scripture lesson, and again, I encourage you to read the entirety of chapter 10 today as part of your spiritual discipline. A key takeaway from today's scripture lesson is Jesus' teaching to his disciples about the opposition they will face as they preach hope in the face of despair. He is priming his disciples to be able to deal with opposition, to not wilt in the face of opposition when they start preaching the gospel of love and acceptance. Jesus said in the text, and you might want to pull this up on your phones or you might want to pull it up in your Bibles at home. We've removed the pew Bibles here in the sanctuary because we, we have kind of sanitized the sanctuary and removed anything that might be shareable. But a lot of folks can get it on their phones now. But Jesus said in the text, he said, have no fear of them, meaning your opposition. Have no fear of them. For nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered and nothing secret that will not become known. And think about how that applies in today's society. In other words, Jesus was saying, the truth will set us free. The truth will make us free. He was also saying the truth will come out. But Jesus doesn't quit there. And I'm only going to delve into this part of the scripture for a little bit. I encourage you to dig deeper if you're into scripture study and for seminarians like Hank. Jesus doesn't quit there. He continues in the text, and he basically says, stop being afraid. And that's the force of the verb that's being used. Now, remember, he's talking about fear of your opposition. He's not talking about um, internal fear that you may have or self-doubts or things like that. He's talking about wilting in the face of your opposition when you're fighting for justice. And he uses the word stop when you actually interpret the text. Stop being afraid. Not just once, but always. Stop being afraid of people who can kill the body, but not the soul. The truth will set us free, Jesus was saying. Stop being afraid. Because it's amazing what we can accomplish when we're not afraid. Now, I know that that is easier said than done when living through times like these. So having given you just a little preview of what the text holds and encouraging you to study it more on your own to see how it might speak to you today, I want to take a moment to digest just a brief look back at what's happened to us as a people in the last couple of weeks. Number one, we're still dealing with the COVID-19 virus, a pandemic that has already killed 110,000 Americans it's infected 2 million people in the United States. It's cost the nation 40 million jobs and wrecked our economy. As we all process how to live life socially distanced and masks for the next year as our scientists search for an effective vaccine and effective treatments. Now the hope in that is we are a courageous people. We're figuring out how to meet in masks and keep our distance and stay safe and not let this stop us in our tracks. I've got some pictures up on my Facebook feed of a gathering that I was invited to yesterday. It was kind of like uh, Pride 2020 revisioned, um, but you know, small group gatherings to say, let's not let this pandemic stop us in our tracks. Let's start to plan forward 
to find out how we can gather safely from a distance and not lose our connection with each other. So that's number one, what we're still dealing with. Number two, we're still in the midst of the Black Lives Matters protests. They are still happening all across the country. They have not stopped, thanks be to God. So that's why today I would normally wear like all my pride attire and I said, I just can't do just that today. And I noticed Hank has a t-shirt that reflects Black Lives Matters the pride movement, the intersectionality, and the the search for unity, not uniformity, not unanimity, that's another sermon, but unity in this fight for justice. So we're right in the midst of Black Lives Matters. And I have to say that one of my challenges in preaching to you on Sunday mornings is that we have a president who continues to create drama on Fridays and Saturdays in a way that can't be ignored on Sunday morning. Do y'all know what happened yesterday? Raise your hand in the sanctuary. Let us know online what happened yesterday. Rather than effectively uniting and leading the country through these challenging historic times, yesterday Trump instead held a dangerous and divisive public rally, a political rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma, to soothe his damaged ego. And there I said it. Y'all can argue with me online later. If you don't think that, I'd love to hear from you. Did you hear about the teens who tanked the rally? The teens who used TikTok and Twitter to buy up all kinds of tickets? And they, they literally like tanked the rally. And I thought about that later. I mean, who hasn't been pranked by teens who knew how to use technology better than we did, right? Who hasn't had that experience? But I thought about it later, and I thought, you know what? They probably saved lives. I thought, they probably saved lives. Thank God they occupied those seats, right? It was almost like Occupy Tulsa. You remember Occupy Wall Street and all that? It was almost like Occupy Tulsa, and they used technology to Occupy Tulsa to keep people safe. So thank God for those teens. You know, our young people are leading us. You know, I also saw that protesters were using tarps. Black Lives Matters um, protesters were using tarps to cover up an iconic area in Tulsa known as Black Wall Street. Have you heard about Black Wall Street? Raise your hand or let us know online if you've heard of Black Wall Street because they did not want Trump to make a photo op out of that sacred site like he tried to do when he used the military to take St. John's Church in Washington, D.C. by force two weeks ago turning holy ground into battleground. You know, I thought it was important today to mention Black Wall Street. We don't talk about it as often as we should, but Black Wall Street commemorates the Tulsa race massacre that took place in 1921 when mobs of white residents attacked and killed black residents and destroyed businesses in the Greenwood District in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's been called the single worst incident of racial violence in American history. So let me read those words again. It's been called the single worst incidents of racial violence in American history. And that's where Trump chose to go for his political rally. So thank goodness for those protesters who said, well, then we'll protect Black Wall Street and all the statues and 
and things that honor the people who lost their lives and we won't let them make a photo op out of it. We cannot fear our opposition. We cannot wilt in the face of opposition. We cannot let it stop us in our tracks. We must find new ways to do justice. So we have the pandemic. We have the continuing Black Lives Matters movement that is now the largest expression it's been in history. The third thing that I've really noticed is we've seen iconic phrases like, I can't breathe. How many of you now have seen that everywhere, heard of it? If you don't know what it means, look it up. But the phrase, I can't breathe, now it's been, I mean, I look back at other sermons I've done for years, and this phrase has been around for years. But following George Floyd's brutal murder under the knee of a police officer, the phrase, I can't breathe, has become a sort of sociological shorthand for what people are feeling right now as they continue to join together in the Black Lives Matter movement in cities and towns, large and small, all across this country by the hundreds of thousands of people as the outrage over police brutality has reached a historic turning point. I think that, if I'm correct, that's the picture, too, of the lady who was dragged out of Tulsa last night, right? Wasn't that the lady who was dragged out? Yep, Gary was telling me that's the picture of the lady that was dragged out of Tulsa last night. She actually had a ticket to the Trump event, and they wouldn't let her in with her T-shirt that said, I can't breathe. But kudos for her for trying to, to take her ticket, say, but I got a ticket. So we got all that going on, and then on Friday we celebrated Juneteenth. How many of you know about Juneteenth? Raise your hand. Let us know online. How many have been to a Juneteenth celebration? Tell me online what it commemorates. I know there's a little bit of a lag online, but what does it represent? Who can tell me online what it represents? Mary, are you getting some feedback there? Well, I'll give you the answer because I know no one expects a pop quiz on Sunday morning while you're drinking your coffee on your couch. I get it. But Juneteenth, in, in a short phrase, Juneteenth represents the anniversary of the end of slavery in our country. And what's impressive to me is how this year Juneteenth has broken into the wider societal consciousness as people advocate that it now be recognized as a local, state, and federal holiday. You know, Franklin County just said this is now going to be a holiday for all federal employees. That would have been unthinkable just a few years ago. So it's amazing how quickly things can change. We are at a tipping point in our country and in our faith. And then, on top of all of that, and maybe it's a way to bring it all together, we've got the LGBTQIA plus Unity March for Black Lives this afternoon, which is yet another step forward for marginalized people and their allies to celebrate and advocate boldly in the face of oppression and justice. When Jesus was telling us, do not be afraid of them, don't be afraid of your opposition, he was also telling us, go ahead and celebrate. Go ahead and sing and worship and celebrate and join together and don't let them stop you. Because celebration is also a form of protest. Can I get an amen? That was part of what Juneteenth was also all about, was that celebration can be a form of protest. So this is a, a slide from yesterday's celebration in Columbus. And on top of all of that, there's one other thing that's going on today. What have I missed today? Father's Day, right? 
it is also Father's Day. So as you all have probably figured out, it's tough to cover everything in one sermon. And the good news is, for those of you who are worried at home, you will only have one sermon today. But it is tough to cover everything in one sermon. And there is nothing more hopeful or fearful than having a child. So I want to take a minute and just say Happy Father's Day to all of our fathers, especially to our new fathers, Dwayne and Jeff. Can you all give them some love online, our new dads? And a Happy Father's Day to Liam's dad, who's a new dad, as well as to Jonathan and to the many others who've had babies this past year. Can you all give them some love online and let our new fathers know how much you love and appreciate what they are doing to grow their families? You know, sometimes I talk about Father's Day because sometimes it is our children who show us how to be brave and how to stand up in the face of haters and doubters. You know, a couple of years ago, one of our heroes in the quest for equal dignity in the LGBT community became little Zia Bowling. You remember her? She was a seven-year-old first grader, a Columbus first grader. And this is a picture of, of little Zia. And I thought that was so telling. Today, maybe it's the TikTok, Twitter, ticker users who tank Trump's rally, right? It's my alliteration for the day. But then it was little Zia refusing to back down. She was holding up her little rainbow flag. She had come to celebrate pride. She's dressed in rainbow colors. She had a little rainbow flag. And this hellfire and brimstone preacher from who knows where and his toxic theology, and his nasty sign, and he wanted to argue with the seven-year-old. Now, number one, that's bad theology right there. You don't do that to little kids, which is why I thought this picture was iconic. But I also thought it was iconic because look at that kid. She was determined. She kept holding her flag. It took... The adults, a minute, because I think everyone was stunned. They were kind of like, man, what are you doing, you know? And then they were stunned at the courage of this little girl who did not drop her flag. She did not run away. She, she stood her ground. And I thought, this is who we need to be. This is who we need to be right now as people of faith. We need to, yes, we need to refuse to back down in the face of our opposition. Jesus told us that 2,000 years ago. He said, do not be afraid of them. What is secret will come to light. So keep doing what you're doing. Don't let them scare you because they don't want you to tell the truth. They don't want to hear the truth and they don't want to change. Sometimes in our most vulnerable moments when we feel small and weak and afraid like a child might, we have the opportunity to make a courageous choice to shine brightly for justice. And that can make all the difference in the world. You know, Jesus has shown us the way through thousands of years of history, a way of love that proclaims peace and justice for all of God's children, a way that sees the imago Dei, the image of God, in our neighbors and in ourselves. And some of you have asked me to share today in the midst of all that we have going on, all that I've talked about, what this means. What does it mean to live in the image of God and to live unafraid in today's world, to not let our lives be wasted? And I would say that right now on this particular day with 
with uh, our, our honoring of Pride Sunday, which is, and we're in the midst of Pride Month, with the Unity March for Black Lives coming right after this event. I would say that to follow in the way of Jesus today means that we're going to shut down and speak up against any and all forms of hate on social media, in our workplaces, in our schools, with our families and friends, in our communities, and in our country. We're going to be like little Zia and say, you know what, I can't be polite and nice about this anymore. This is not okay, and you need to stop. It means we will walk to the grocery store or sit on the bus with our black and brown and Latinx and LGBTQIA and Muslim and refugee and new Americans and diversely abled siblings when they are scared for their safety anywhere in our city. It means we'll take the time to do that. It means we will listen to the stories of people whose experiences other than ours we will sit with them in their sufferings, invite them into our homes and into our church. We will march with them in the streets and follow them, by the way, not take their voice away, but follow them into the streets and follow their instructions about where they need us. And we will join them in the fight for justice, working harder and stronger than ever because we are better together. We are stronger together. And we will do this even and especially when we know we will experience discomfort and face resistance or opposition because of this. Because Jesus told us as he trained the disciples back in chapter 10 of the Gospel of Matthew, he was training them and saying, do not be afraid of them. Don't wilt in the face of the opposition. He said, stop being afraid and do the work that God has called you to do. And if Jesus was your preacher today, I sometimes think about that. I did a sermon once called, If Jesus Was Your Preacher, what would that sound like today? But this is where I said, if nothing else, he might contemporize today's message that if you have no fear, N-O fear, you will know hope, K-N-O-W hope. If you learn how to live with no fear, you will literally know hope. It is hard to know hope if you're trapped in fear. But if you learn to live with no fear, you will know hope. Well, last year during Pride 2019, we had a fair number of new church members marching in Pride for the first time, which takes courage. Will you let us know online or raise your hand if you marched for the first time last year? We had a lot of folks who they had never had a chance to march in Pride before, and they marched with us last year. And I will tear up. So forgive me. You remember this picture? I was reminded of John Boyle's participation in his first pride parade last year. There he is with Dave Sarver, the president of our church board. But there's John Boyle. He had never had the chance to be in a pride parade before. And he was so happy to be in a pride parade. He rode in the truck with my husband Gary, and they were becoming friends through the church. You know, the men in our church, the fathers in our church, there are anchors in a stormy world. Think about that. There are anchors in a stormy world. They're built that way for us. They help us. And our non-binary people who parent children are our anchors in a stormy world. Father's Day, and I know it's a binary expression of that, so, but just please bear with me as we figure out how to make it Parents' Day at some point. 
but right now it's still Mother's and Father's Day. But Father's Day is truly one of the only days we take a moment to honor the men who raise our children and who help make our world a better place. And John Boyle, like many of our fathers, he raised up his family. I hope Sandy's online. She may not be able to join us today, but I hope she'll see this later. I hope her kids will see this. He made this world a better place. And we became better people through knowing him. This is his family's first Father's Day, not having this man, this gentle and loving and kind man in their lives. And that can be hard. Many of you are navigating a Father's Day where your fathers have already passed, and it can be hard. So we wanted to, we're going to ask Steve to take down all the house lights, and we're going to ask that, and I know that this might be a little tricky on Facebook Live, so bear with us. We're going to show a little video here in just a moment. But bear with us if you're watching from home, because we wanted to honor at least one man who's no longer with us, who made a difference in our lives here at this church. We wanted to let his family know that we're thinking of them as they navigate this first Father's Day without their father and grandfather. And may we never forget the chance we have in life to courageously create a better future, no matter what age we are. This was John's first pride parade, and it ended up being the only time he was able to march in pride. And I am so glad he got to do it with us. But we, may we never, ever forget the chance we have in life to create a better future and to let others know, especially on these special days, how much they mean to us.